Caroline Stephen, financial journalist, welcome to Talking Trading. There are crypto cultists out there. For millennials, cryptocurrencies are neither a bubble, nor a phenomena, nor a downtrending market at the moment. They're bordering on a religion. But as we hear in this interview, cryptocurrencies could also just be a pile of dead fish. Our guest today is classical charting expert Peter Brandt. Peter has been trading the markets for over 40 years, and he describes himself as a trading asset class agnostic. He will trade any market that he sees worthwhile, and he sees Bitcoin as just another market to trade. In this interview, we look at some of the structural and functional problems with Bitcoin, Peter very bravely admits his Bitcoin account got hacked and why it got hacked, and we discuss some of the narratives around Bitcoin. Peter's undergoing a lot of health issues at the moment, so we were very lucky to get him for this interview. But first in the show, let's hear from Louise Bedford in Mind Power on how your why will drive you in the markets. Have you fully defined your why, the reason why you're trading? When I started options trading, I began trading and for some reason my neighbour and I got into a conversation about it and it turns out that she had been trading options for quite a while, but she'd never really perfected it. Elizabeth was her name. She was in her 70s. She and I learned how to trade options together, making mistakes, finding out the things that worked, and more importantly, giving each other support. Nobody wants to or needs to suffer from lonely trader syndrome. There are people there who can, if you just make that little first contact, be there to support you and to help you in your trading journey. Elizabeth had one of the clearest reasons why that I've ever seen. Her reason why was she was in her mid-70s and she liked to go on cruises, meet younger men and have a fantastic time. That was what she did. She'd work all year trading, making money, making sure that the houseplants had somebody to water them when she left, making sure that she had all of the things in place in her life so that she could just pick up and leave and go on a three or four month cruise and then come back again, having had experiences it might not be your cup of tea to collect toy boys, but it certainly was Elizabeth's and because of that, she was an exceptional trader. So whatever your reason, whatever your why is for trading, make sure it is crystal clear, held out in front of you like a shiny beacon. Because I can tell you, as soon as you have a clear why, it will take those loose threads of your life and weave them together in a beautiful trading tapestry. If you enjoy learning from podcasts and you're interested in success or money or property investment, then you really should subscribe to the Michael Yardney podcast, where each week you'll learn a number of new ideas regarding success, property investment and money in 20 minutes or less. You'll find us on iTunes or Stitcher as Michael Yardney Podcast, or go to michaeliardneypodcast.com and we'll point you in the right direction. 
or if you can't remember that, just search Michael Yardney's podcast and Google will take you there. Peter Brandt, charting legend, has 43 years of experience trading the markets. And all of a sudden, he's joined this new phenomenon of trading the world of Bitcoin. Peter, you've traded a lot of different markets over the years, and all of a sudden, we have a new one. What do you think about the Bitcoin phenomenon? Is it a bubble or is it a phenomenon? Uh, it, yeah, well, it, it depends how you slice and dice the market. If you look at an awful lot of the millennials who are staking their life on Bitcoin, it's neither. It's a religion. I mean, I mean, it's even gone. It's gone past being a religion. It's now a cult. And so we have crypto cultists that are involved in the market. I don't think it's a bubble in the sense that we had the, we had the tulip bulb uh, bubble in Europe that took place. We've had several other bubbles, price bubbles throughout history. I don't think it's a bubble in that sense because the underlying technology involved, which is distributed ledger blockchain technology, which over time will will go through great improvements and serious problems with with the market structurally right now. But I think those things will be resolved. But uh, 20, 30 years from now, uh, I I think people will look back and say uh, that uh, distributed ledger blockchain technology has done to global finance and economics what what the Internet has done with communications. I mean, it's revolutionary. And there are real geniuses that are involved. These are not... uh, backyard greenhouse guys planting tulip bulbs in, in in the Netherlands. I mean, these these are genius computer programmers that are doing things that have never been done before in terms of programming, the sophistication of programming. But along the way, I think that we are, you know, we're in the early stages of a, revo- a revolution in how commerce will be done. The, the only thing I'd, I'd really, uh, really warn people about is, you know, we have the major cap coins like Ethereum, uh, Litecoin to some degree, but Bitcoin is the granddaddy. You know, Bitcoin is to cryptocurrencies what Amazon is to commerce, to online commerce. I think that once it's all washed out, you know, I think we're up to 1,400 coins that have now been introduced in, into the crypto world. I think 95% in that conservative estimate will end up worthless. And so we have the major coins and we have the altcoins. And along the way, we're probably going to have some new coins that get mined uh, under new technology that really will be where some of the big investment gains will be had. But it's the Wild West out there. I mean, it, it, it is a, it's a crazy market that is over the counter, that is largely unregulated. Uh, where bizarre things are taking place. So here's the problem with Bitcoin. It actually has no transactional value. How the hell do you cash in your Bitcoin? But it's easy to convert cryptocurrencies into what the millennials call fiat currencies. I call money, you know, I... Uh, I guess that's just a generational deal, you know. And so, uh, yeah, you can you can trade, you can make money, you can pull the cash out in the form of dollars. You can have it wired to your bank and so forth. But still, there's there's some significant structural problems within the cryptocurrency market itself that will have to be resolved, will be resolved over time. 
but they're there nevertheless. And, you know, opening an account is one thing. Any, any of your audience that have traded cryptos will know that opening an account is a very difficult thing to do. I mean, it's, it's, it's like doing uh, the Latin tango, something you're familiar with. But it's, uh, there's a lot of complex steps to doing it. And, uh, you know, if you're really good at it, you can navigate through it pretty quickly from one exchange to another. But if you're not, sometimes it, it's a time-consuming, agonizing problem. A lot of these exchanges, uh, they're, they're going down. You know, uh, there's hacking. Uh, hacking is a very significant problem. For and, USF- and, I, and I hear something that you're familiar with, too. It is. I got hacked. I mean, I, I, it was partially my own fault. I had double, uh, double encryption on a Bitcoin account that I kind of took down the second encryption to move some coins uh, uh, off-site to a hard wallet uh, in, in there for a period of about a half hour where I was a little bit vulnerable. I got hacked. And, you know, the hackers came into an exchange and in three minutes and five seconds made off with uh, with a number of, of uh, well, they converted cash to Bitcoins and moved them out. And once you move Bitcoins out, they're untraceable. I mean, it's it's untraceable money. It just disappears into the in the Netherlands. But, you know, so there, there's some significant issues. One exchange to another, uh, price differentials. Uh, there, there's, uh, there's not a good ability to... Uh, to arbitrage the market, to bring price differentials from one exchange to another into line. There's just uh, a lot of new coins that are coming out that I think are very questionable. There's been some exchanges that have exchanges that have been hacked, not just accounts, but exchanges. Fees are way too high. You know, someone can make a lot of money, uh, but then try to get your money out of some of these exchanges. They limit uh, withdraws to $5,000 a day or whatever, and you, you might have been really, really lucky on, on buying Bitcoin early. Now you got to get your money out, and it takes forever. And then meanwhile, you're just hoping the money turns off before some big exchange goes belly up which sooner or later. And then they're just far too volatile. You know, I, you know if you look on, on uh, the various social media sites, uh, the crypto maniacs or crypto cultists basically say that we're at the end of fiat money is going to disappear. That coin and cryptos are going to overtake all central banks, put central banks out of business. That Bitcoin will become the world's currency. And, and the reality is that that Bitcoin is far too volatile for for a major corporation to even deal in. They're they're, they're not going to want to be doing commercial exchange and settlements in in an instrument that can that can have a 10 20 percent range in a day uh, i mean the volatility is such that it's really not going to attract that kind of traction you know, eventually it will i suppose you know if you live in singapore you could probably buy a pair of leather shoes from china using bitcoins but you know, i haven't seen any fortune 500 company that's listed cryptocurrencies on their ledger balance in a year-end report and so that type of institutional uh, support is yet to be generated. So that's, I use the word transactional. I think you're right. It's not a transactional hit yet. It's largely something where people are just kind of betting on the come. So one of the underpinnings of Bitcoin and the power of it is that it can't be hacked, but you were hacked. Yeah, it was hacked. Well, I had an account that was hacked. 
I mean, Bitcoin itself can't be hacked. The structure, the programming structure of Bitcoin, it, it's nobody has hacked it yet. I, I mean, some of these uh, coins uh, have, have experienced some damage from, from attackers, but the central underlying programming is so genius that uh, that hackers haven't really been able to get close to the core. So what's getting hacked are some of these exchanges that don't have as tight a security. And even those exchanges that are being hacked, are, who's being hacked are customers that don't have two or three levels of encryption. You know, I operate with a three-level encryption, and I, you know, I look forward to the day when I can add the fourth. But um, there's a lot of, especially newbies who have come into Bitcoin market, uh, interesting story. I took an Uber ride in Los Angeles in November. I didn't even have to bring up the subject. My Uber driver brought up the subject that, boy, have you heard about Bitcoin, man, is it great? You know, so uh, we've got a lot of people like that. They're opening accounts with Coinbase or Kraken and, and some of these other exchanges. And uh, they're not adding a second level of encryption. And uh, that's that's about as easy to hack as uh, stealing candy from a baby. And uh, there's probably billions of dollars that are unprotected at the exchange level in individual accounts. And, you know, we, we hear bits and pieces about that. But, you know, I'm willing to admit that I had got had. Uh, I think a lot of people aren't. But uh, luckily for me, it... it uh, um, you know, I've locked up my security sense. These are some of the things that you've said about Bitcoin on your Twitter feed, and it's just looping back to what we were talking about five minutes ago. Cryptos are going to take over the world. The future of global finance and commerce belongs to Bitcoin. Cryptos will bring governments to their knees. Bitcoin will become more valuable than gold, and cryptos will replace all fiat currencies. However, Bitcoin could also just be a pile of dead fish. Can you tell us the <laughs> Well, yeah, there's a little backstory to that. Uh, you know, I put out a blog tweet on a story that I heard early on when, when I was a trader, uh, and it was kind of a parable about you know, the fisherman selling his fish to the market and the market selling it to a middleman and the middleman selling it to another middleman and eventually selling it to a consumer. And by then the fish had spoiled. And uh, so the consumer went back to his his local grocer and the grocer went back to the merchant and the merchant went back to the middleman and the middleman went back to the fisherman complaining about the spoiled fish. And the fisherman's basic line was, you know, whoever said those fish were for eating, those were trading fish. And uh, and so th that was the context that I meant that in is, you know, a lot of people are betting the world on some awful big promises here uh, on cryptocurrencies. I mean, you know, they they believe that uh, cryptocurrencies will be the god we worship uh, here in another 20 years. And I'm a trader. I mean, my attitude is Bitcoins are for trading. They're not. I don't even understand them. I mean, if you started asking me technical questions about Bitcoin, I don't have a clue. You know, I kind of know the difference between a hard fork and a soft fork. Uh, I, I, I understand some of that segwit. I understand some of those things, but I don't, I don't, I don't understand it to the point an awful lot of these people do uh, that are involved in it. And so uh, 
but I don't need to. I, I don't need to any more than I need to understand what the central bank of Switzerland is going to do in order to trade the Swiss franc. It's tradable on interest. Good. So let's talk about that point. You have described yourself as an asset class agnostic and that Bitcoin is just another market to trade. Well, it is. It's not a religion. Uh, I'm not a crypto cultist. I'm, I'm, I'm a trader and uh, it doesn't matter whether I'm trading a barge of tapioca uh, coming into Singapore or uh, 50,000 pounds of potatoes being russet potatoes out of Idaho the United States. I mean, you can buy it and you can sell it. And the difference between what you buy it for and what you sell it for is what you make. And so I'm agnostic to the point that I don't want to get locked into some narrative that may or may not end up to be right. And there's a lot of people who have forged, uh, they've staked a fortune on a narrative. And what happens is they believe the narrative and they buy and if they're right in their purchase, what happens is they become even more convinced of the narrative that they've bought into. And the higher prices go, the more that they be, that narrative becomes part of their DNA. And so, I, you know, I've made the statement that, yeah, uh, uh, Bitcoin can go from where it is to a million right now. But some of the crypto cultists are going to end up losing money. Because they're going to just get more bullish the more, more the higher it goes. They're going to find additional money to buy. They're going to raise their average price. And at some point in time, it's not like the market's going to collapse in the sense of, uh, of tulip bulbs, but it's going to have a severe, uh, severe enough correction that they're not going to be able to withstand uh, the price correction. They're going to be forced out of their position, and they will have lost money by, in effect, being right, but having the narrative trap them. I have also heard an argument that Bitcoin could be the MySpace of technology where it was the precursor, but it won't end up as the preeminent cryptocurrency. Oh, good chance. I think there's a good chance of that. I, you know, I could be wrong on kind of what I see as the horizon here for the next few years. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, I'm wrong more than half my trade. So being wrong is nothing that I really <laughs> am thinking about. But, you know, I take pride in the fact that I can be wrong as often as I can and still come out ahead at the end of the year. But I kind of think that the cryptocurrency markets could be where the tech, the online tech markets were in 1999-2000 where they had had that big run up through the, through the 1990s. Everyone was talking about, you know, bubblegum.com, catfood.com, you know, large size shoes.com, you know, was going to control the world. And a lot of these companies got blown out. You had a severe reaction in the NASDAQ across the world. Tech stocks got clobbered. But from there, they built a future. And that's when the real companies came out. That's when, when real commerce was developed. And that's when real economic uh, value added was put into the Internet and that we could be going into that. And so what emerges 20 years from now was the most valuable forms of crypto uh, may, in fact, be different than the ones we have right now, which is to some degree a reason to be trading some of the altcoins, but when trading the altcoins, you got to make sure that what you're trading is is possibly an altcoin being put together by very smart people for a very good reason. 
one of the things that I think is going to surprise some of the crypto people is they claim that that this is an open source market that it's available to everyone. The blockchain is wide open, and that's one of the advantages of it. I think some of the the, the cryptocurrencies or the or the distributed ledger that will become the most uh, traded in from a commercial point of view will be semi-private. They will. You know, that drives the cryptocurrency guys crazy to think that there'd be some form of cryptocurrencies that's not available for them. They can't trade it. But I think that very well could be the case that, you know, banks come together and create some sort of distributed ledger in order to balance their books without having to go through central banks. That major major energy companies will come out with some sort of distributed ledger for the purpose of buying and selling crude oil or trading natural gas. And it's not going to be open to average Joe taxi cab driver in Sydney, Australia. And, uh, and, and but that is where some of the commercial traction will take place. And stay tuned for next week, guys, as Peter Brand and I discuss more of his trading and charting principles. I'm Caroline Stephen. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary, and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation. Want to know the hottest sectors in the Aussie market? Now's your chance. Download my free Hot or Not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. That website again, tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not.